Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Shepard, and I'm joined by Lily Padman. Hello there. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Oh, man, I got to say, uh, this interview brought about some fun exploration in the fact check. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. yeah we we kind of go all over the place. We really do, but we also <laughs> learned some juicy deets about people's finances and their <laughs> love lives. Today's guest is Jason Derulo. He is a singer and a songwriter. He has many albums that are very, very successful. Jason Derulo, Future History, Tattoos, or Tattoos if you're English, Talk Dirty, mm. Everything is Four. And he has a new book out right now called Sing Your Name Out Loud, 15 Rules for Living Your Dream. And I will say Jason is in hot pursuit of his dream at all times. He's yeah. very um, industrious and engaged. He is, and his rules are not, I mean, some are not obvious, but like make sense. And then some are surprising. Uh-huh, and fun. Yeah, they're very fun. He was wonderful. Please enjoy Jason Derulo. We are supported by Uber Eats. Spring is here, and now you can get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry, no. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets, product availability may vary by region. See app for details. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you, uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. He's an How old is he? Two. Two? Aww. What's his name? Jason. Jason King. He's just so cute. Thank you. Thank you. This coffee's for if you want it. Oh, thanks. What kind is that? It's called a cream top. It's just espresso, water, and cream on top. Sugar? Uh, there's probably some sugar in there. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a... You want a normal like cup of coffee? Like we also, party. yeah, we have Keurig if you want regular coffee. That would be coffee. amazing. But that looks incredible. <laughs> it is incredible. I'm just trying to be on my shit. You know? He got yeah. me addicted to them. Damn. Robert Downey Jr. was in here. Rob got him one. He made a big stink about it. I can't have this cow's milk. And then he drank it and he loved it and everything <laughs> oh was fine. Oh my God. <laughs> what are you trying to avoid? Dairy or sugar or all above? Doing intermittent fasting most days. And on Fridays, I just fast the whole 24. Oh, okay. wow. Okay, and how long have you been doing that? Two months now. 
And what have the results been? My skin has been better. Mm. I used to have to take Accutane. I haven't been dealing with any of the acne problems that I had before. That's great. So that's a major one for me. Yeah. And my camera guy has seen incredible results too. He used to have like cystic everywhere and yeah. now his face is like really calmed down. Wow. And then I just look better. Less bloat. Yeah. Energy like, better. Energy is not better. Okay. <laughs> I hear that shit. I hear that shit. People say that shit. Mm. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, you're tired. <laughs> you're out of fuel. Well, there's no calories. Coffee. Yeah, yeah. The coffee helps, though. It's an appetite suppressor. It works really well. The other thing is kind of positive and kind of negative is drinking. On Friday, when I'm fasting for 24 hours, sometimes I'll just go crazy and do like a 48. After that, if I have a drink... Like, it hits me really, really hard. Yeah. And it hits my stomach really hard. Ah, uh, this is, like, kind of poison. You can yeah. feel that it's poison because yeah. nothing else is in there distracting you. And oh, normally, I wouldn't feel the poison. Right. Mm -hmm. But now my body's kind of like, oh, what the fuck is this? It's you very pure and fragile. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I love that, though. No. Right, I know, I know. Listen to me. I'm an ex-fucking crack addict. I used to smoke two packs a day. I only ate at 7-Eleven the chili dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I felt amazing every day. Uh-huh. And now I'm 48 and I fucking eat perfect. I've been drinking years, nothing. And if I have some sugar, the next day I'm fucked. I'm like, really? this is insane. I've gotten that sensitive. And then like your skin, I have psoriatic arthritis. So if I eat the wrong foods, my joints hurt. I'll get rash on my skin. Wow. And I think everyone's symptoms and illnesses are mostly we're allergic to shit we don't know we're allergic to. For sure. So I bet just having the break from whatever thing was triggering you is probably huge. But the fact that your body is that sensitive to all those things now, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah. And your body's kind of like, that's trash, that's yes. trash, and that's trash. As opposed to like when you live normally, it's like all good. Exactly. Well, and you're moving from one dopamine hit to the next. So it's like just as you're feeling shitty from the lunch, you like have a big ass call coffee and then you get another 20 out of that and then you have a snack and that bumps you up and you're just on this endless hamster wheel of trying to jack up the dopamine. Have you been hearing a lot about fasting as of late? In my circle, the peak fasting thing was like two years ago. Really? It was in uh, rich West LA scene <laughs> hard. All of my ago. social media, all I see is fasting, fasting, fasting. Really? I made it a religious thing on Fridays. It used to just be I won't eat meat on Fridays. I've done that my whole life with my family. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, this fasting thing is like really calling me. So that really got me in the mode of just intermittent fasting in general. Yeah. Whites of your eyes clearer? 100%. Oh, yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Is that the drinking though? Because Well, I, that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The whites of my eyes were also amazing when I was vegan. Oh. Okay. I track that on myself a lot. If I eat like shit, then I feel like shit, then I'm getting a rash, and then I'll just check in with the whites of my eyes. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's fucking hazy and dingy looking. You're really in tune. I love this. <laughs> oh, the whole podcast could be oh, yeah, about yeah, his yeah. food, his workout routine. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> well, I'm old, so you can float for a long time. I think I'm what, 14 yeah, you have years. you time. No, but this is the moment for you. Me. This is actually the age where either you're going to go downhill, you're at the fork in the road. For you sure. look at peers and stuff, kids you went to school with, you start looking at them on Facebook That's or whatever, true. you'll start noticing like, oh yeah, people start dropping off real quick at this age. It's the truth. You can look at your industry as well and see how people age. I rather have the longevity and the quality of life in my later years than just party it all out now and enjoy it now. I could have gone one or two ways, you know, I could have let loose and it's like, oh, I've done great in my life. 
<laughs> Let me chill now. Or you can have that burning fire inside. And that's what I'm always trying to do is take it to the next level. And honestly, it's that that keeps the trajectory going in the positive direction. Yes. Yeah. As my stomach rumbles. <laughs> this is like, I'm still fucking hungry. If you die on mic. <laughs> if your sales pitch for fasting, you just fucking collapse dead. <laughs> now that would be a tragedy. I'll be dead and mad as hell. I'll be yeah, like, right? <laughs> exactly. I did all that. You mean to tell me I could have some pizza and some burgers? Yeah. But you just said something that feels intrinsically true, which is I'm either getting better or I'm getting worse. There is no neutral for me. Facts. There's no homeostasis for me. I just have to be improving or I know I'll be just devolving. What doesn't grow dies, right? So if it's not thriving, then it's just going to go in the opposite direction. I think it's just the exact same truths for us. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're from a suburb of Miami, Miramar? Yes. My beginning, beginning years was in a city called Carroll City. And then we moved up to East Miramar. With George and Weezy? Moving on up. <laughs> That's what yeah, you just yeah, referenced. Yeah. George and Weezy, they moved on up. Yeah, and then we moved up even more when I was in high school. My mom and my dad did a really good job of pressing forward. How old were they when they left Haiti? They were really young. They went to college in Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. And your mom went to law school? Yeah, my mom went to law school later in life in her 30s. Okay. They got here as adults, though? I would say 16. Okay. But they met in Haiti or they met No, they met in college. Oh, they did? Okay. Mm -hmm. They went to a community college in Miami, Florida. My dad saw my mom and was like... She's the one, and it hasn't stopped. Wow. Actually, it did stop. It took a pause, oh, which okay. is not very normal, right? They divorced, yeah, and, they and then they got them. back together. I love those stories. Me too. I've never heard one of them. I forget who. Someone has married the same person three times. Really? Yeah, there's people that have even gone back a third, <laughs> wow. third round. I love that. <laughs> How long were they separated? Two, three years. Really long time. Yeah. And then I guess you live apart and you realize life was better with each other. I think there's that. And then also I was with a girl for nine years. We broke up. The first year I would have explained every reason we broke up was her fault. Then that all dissipates and I don't really feel that way anymore. And then I just started realizing like I did so many things that were wrong. And I just found myself calling her randomly and apologizing. So I think it takes a minute to not focus on the other person being to blame. And then you start kind of just sitting with shit you did. And maybe that's where you kind of course correct. But that was happening when you were already out of the house, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was already out of the house. A lot of arguments and turmoil can come from money fights. And when I was a kid, my parents would fight all the time about money. In the back of my mind, I'd be like, I'm going to fix this. I thought that I would be the savior of the problems that they had. And even with the money, there were still money problems. Yes. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? It doesn't fix it. I am currently in a like two month spiral of just completely out of hand financial insecurity. Explain that to me. This new fear of I'm gonna somehow be broke or I'm gonna lose everything. Podcasting is gonna be over and there's an actor strike and I'm not gonna act. It's so foundationless, it's preposterous. It's literally impossible. (laughs) It's It's not. It is impossible. It's not related to reality. It's from growing up poor. I just can't shake it. So like to your point, you watch your parents fight about money, you think money's the problem, but money's not the problem. It's not, it's way deeper rooted. And I think we proceed with a fantasy that that thing will fix what's going on with us. And we work relentlessly to get it. And then we get it and we go, why aren't I magically fixed? I was supposed to be fixed, right? You're so right. I mean, I remember 
as a kid having this Lamborghini on my wall and I was like, one day I'm going to get that Lamborghini. Well, I got that damn Lamborghini and I drove that thing like two, three times and I was like, now what? You know what I'm saying? And then that helped me to realize where my true happiness lied. And it was not in things. I've had so many things in my life and things do not make you happy. What makes you happy is being able to do the things that you love. What money is, though, is freedom. Yes, right? security. Security, mm-hmm. those things. But it's not happiness. Happiness really lies in what your passions are and where your love lies. Mike Tyson has the best quote. He says, anyone who tells me that a lot of money will make you happy, what I know about them is they've never had a lot of money. That's facts. I think I've seen that. Yeah, I'm like that yeah. cuts right to the quick. But I imagine if your parents moved to the States from Haiti, they're ambitious, they're go-getters, they're adventurers, high dopamine probably, passionate, probably a little bit mercurial. Yep. They were hungry, obviously. They came here for opportunity and they chased it down. So I imagine it was the family obsession climbing that ladder. It's typical American dream story. My mom's eldest brother was the first one to come to America. And he worked a couple of jobs and brought each sibling over one by one. There was 15 of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a sweetheart. Uh, yeah, so mm. he started it. And obviously when another sibling was able to come over, they were able to join forces. He had enough for a baseball team. Yeah, <laughs> I had to make it up. <laughs> and they just really, really just started from the bottom. Where I think that I started from the bottom, it was a totally different bottom. Bottoms are all relative. You know, yeah. we all think that we start from some sad story. There's always a sadder story out there. But this one has a happy ending and the whole family was able to come over and this is really really the land of opportunity and i love this country for that were you uh, i'm gonna speak for monica so monica's parents are from india wasn't trying to get kids over to the house to see how indian they were did you have any shame about the haitianness of your house i didn't it floated as a lot of haitians but there was like a battle between haitians and jamaicans where i'm from so on every haitian flag day i knew that I was going to be in some sort of fight. Oh, whoa. Not a fight that I started. (laughs) I knew I was going to be in it. With some Jamaicans. (laughs) With some Jamaicans. It was the weirdest thing in the world. So it was a cultural area. Diverse, it sounds like. Very, very diverse. Would the Jamaicans say Haitians be Haitian? Because I just thought of that. That would be good. Haitians be haters. I think that was like. This is a good pun there. Pre Taylor Swift. Haitians be hating. I don't know. But just Haitians be Haitian. That's great. Because there's nothing really offensive about that. It's the truth. Yeah, but I grew up in a very, very Haitian household. So all of my meals, I spoke Creole in my house. When I was a kid, I only spoke French. I didn't speak any English. Really? the French, kept the Creole, and then learned to speak English. Do you ever sing in Creole? I haven't before. Why not? Yeah, you should I'll tell you why. My favorite thing is when artists incorporate whatever their thing is. Like T.I., he's bringing in these words that he clearly was saying in Atlanta yeah. that I fucking love. Even Anderson Pack, he's pronouncing words in a weird way. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I definitely should. Do you want Rob to drop a beat? Rob, can you? <laughs> can you hook it up, please, one time? Put some compound for me. <laughs> Did you have siblings growing up? Yeah, one brother, one sister. Older or younger? Both older. 
Both older, so you're the baby of the Old family. Baby. Yeah, man. I tried to follow my brother around everywhere that he went. It would make him upset. Same. <laughs> How much older is your brother? Five years older. Same. That's a yeah. tough gap for us. It is a tough gap. <laughs> big, big physical but difference. But you got a sister in the middle there. Oh, no, she was the eldest, oh, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, so then that's worse. Yeah, okay. she was the parent. <laughs> yeah, no tolerance, these older sisters. Nah, for real, for real. Yeah, and we grew up in a very small house where all three shared one bedroom until my sister was really fed up one day and she made the makeshift bedroom for her in the living room loft kind of thing. Then she had her own space with this wooden door. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a door at all. But uh, <laughs> it was very humble. I never thought to myself, are we broke? I think my parents did a very good job of giving us a good enough life where we didn't know that we were broke, but we actually were. We had some nights where my brother and I, we created this thing, we would call it sleep water. And all it was was water and sugar. And when we were really, really hungry and we couldn't fall asleep, we would have this water and sugar so that it could ease our stomach and we could yeah. fall asleep. You've been training for this intermittent fasting thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely was. <laughs> Muscle memory. You get interested in music really, really young. Yeah, you write your first song at eight. You go to school in a gifted and talented program, like an arts school maybe. Yeah. How do we begin our interests and how do we express that? How do we get put into that trajectory? I saw Michael Jackson for the first time and I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. I told my mom. And she was like, yeah, yeah, baby, I know. Mm -hmm. okay. Everyone wants to be Michael Jackson, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, literally. I just became obsessed and would just watch his videos and try to do his dance moves and sing the songs. But every single day for hours and hours and hours and hours until finally my mother realized that I was different. This wasn't like a normal kind of obsession. And then... That's when she put me into this summer camp that had music in it. And I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. She talked to the teacher and was like, how's he doing? And the teacher was like, he has a gift. Mm. He seems like he has something special. And then she's like, what do I do? Yeah. And she's like, why don't you put him in like a performing arts school? And that's what she did. So I became this arts kid and fell in love with classical music, fell in love with jazz, yeah. fell in love with musical theater. And that started a whole new life. So are you so grateful that you got put in that? pipeline as opposed to going to like traditional high school where other things would have yeah. been valued. There are other musicians that are successful that don't know how to read music or sing classical music, but I think it's amazing to know. I think it's amazing to have information and I think I have a lot more information musically than the average artist. You right. Know, yeah. I just have so much from different genres from genres that are way older than we are. I think knowledge is power. Whether it shows up within the music, I don't know. But I enjoy knowing that I can whip out an opera at any time. That's so, a good party trick. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, drop a violin. <laughs> drop some drop strings. Some <laughs> <laughs> but also just being in an environment where to be good at that is valued. When you did theater in my high school in Detroit, it wasn't a good look. No one was thriving that was in the theater program. But I also think it depends on how good you are. Anyone yes. loves an amazing talent. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in theater and you're just like in there and you're just getting <laughs> in with the pack, I mean, you're not going to get patted on the back. But I think that's with everything, right? No, auto shop, you do fine. All you got to do is smoke cigarettes right on the break. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to actually be able to install anything. I was going to say, and I got to take that back because even if you're fitting in with the pack as an athlete, you're still good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah people yeah, yeah. leave you alone. Yeah, 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 truth. So what happened 
out of high school. You start writing music for a lot of people, but I want to know how you get from the performing arts school to that. Yeah, it was weird, man. So right after high school, I got my first writing placement, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I can make money writing songs for people. How on earth did you figure that out? Miami is kind of like a bucket of crabs. You know, everybody's trying to pull oh, each other yeah, down yeah. to try to get up the ladder. To work with a producer, it was tough. So I had to be like, oh, I'm a songwriter. Pose as a songwriter, and then I'll be allowed in these sessions. Oddly enough, I just started to get in these sessions and different producers were working with me because I was saying I was a songwriter. When I was just saying I was an artist, I mean, we don't really want to work with this no-name guy, right? Yeah. We, we want to make songs for the people that are out. I have to imagine the, quote, artists outnumber the songwriters by 100 to 1 as far as people who are pursuing that. Definitely. So I was able to get in these rooms. My intention was to just take these songs that I was writing in these rooms and then just put it on a demo and then get a deal somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, they started to get placed. That just started, like, a whole new journey. And is the money good? No, it's literally nothing. Okay. Because I was working with people that were taking advantage. You know, uh, I was a young songwriter, so I won't mention who those people are. Um, that's how it works. People are still around today. Yeah. <laughs> I would never do a young writer or producer like that because I know how it feels. Yeah. So I would never do that, but... In essence, it's called paying your dues. But later on, I was able to get just due. But anyway, my mom put a kibosh on the whole thing and was like, you got to go to college. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, ma, I don't need college. I'm writing these songs. I'm going to be a big artist. My mom was like, no, you got to go to college. At least give me two years. And I was like, all right. I'll give you two years. <laughs> so I go to this musical theater conservatory in New York. It was a lot of work, man. It was really, really tough. Was it in the city? It was. 70th and Broadway called AMDA. That's like a reputable one. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. You like that one? I know about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the American Music and Dramatic Arts? Or yeah, something? Academy. Academy. And okay, America. you know it. You know, well, you know. I did my research on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there. I was still writing songs for people. Were you lonely? You left Miami. You knew everyone. Now you're in New York by yourself. It's a big, scary city. You're probably living in a very shitty situation. I went there scared. I'm moving out of my mom's house. This is crazy. Yeah, who's going to cook for me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I didn't learn how to do any of those things. Myself. <laughs> I was too busy trying to write songs all the damn times to learn how to actually live a life. So I get there. I don't have very much money. I had as many ramens as you could possibly have. And <laughs> then I figured out that there's a fruit stand that I can get a banana for a quarter. Mm. So I started eating hella bananas. <laughs> but nobody told me that it makes you constipated. Oh, so, <laughs> so yeah. I, I thought but then you're saving on toilet paper. I did. Yeah, <laughs> yes, all, that's right. Life you, medical costs for when you think you have like appendicitis or something. Like that. That. So don't go on a banana diet. Yeah. <laughs> I had great years there. I learned another level of hard work being there, trying to write songs and do school. At any moment during that, experience were you thinking well, maybe i'll do musical theater maybe i'll try to be on broadway i did i used to go on auditions it was part of the curriculum of oh, to be auditioning and try to be working yeah to audition but i went crazy with it and i just enjoyed it so much and it became like an obsession to me because i kept getting no's yeah and i was just like damn like i would get a callback and then it'll be like just bring you up to bring you down yeah callbacks almost worse <laughs> yeah it is yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you think it's a chance yeah. especially if you get two callbacks it's yeah. like this might be the 
one, guys. You start letting hope in, yeah. which is dangerous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The mind just goes like, okay, I'll call back. I'm going to get this. Once I'm in that, uh-huh. then I'm going to have an agent. You build an entire life on this one moment in time. For sure. So I was going on these auditions until I actually booked a role on Broadway in Rent, Benny. No kidding. Oh, wow. What year is this? 2007. Wait, you've already won. Showtime at the Apollo. Same time period. Okay. Things are happening. Really quick, have you ever watched that show? Uh Uh-uh, no. Okay. You never saw Showtime at Apollo? No. It's incredible. You know, when you tank there, if you eat shit, they let it rip. Yep. They boo you off the stage. It is the highest stakes performance of your life. Yeah, there's no show like it. I mean, (laughs) they applaud people that boo. Yes. I went on that show. I won the show. Won the finale. Wow. I thought that was going to be my big break, but again, it was a callback. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I was still writing songs. That entire time period is one that I'll never forget because I always felt like I was on the brink of something. It just kept tearing me down. So many doors shut in my face. When I finally got somebody to tell me yes, then I declined it. You turned down rent. Yeah. If I do this, I'm going to be a Broadway performer for the rest of my life. And though that is cool, I don't think that's my path. I want to sing the songs that I write. I want to do original material. And that is not that world. And I knew if I did that, I would have been as successful that I didn't know to just stayed there. I got the yes. It's yeah. like what you need to feel like, okay, I can Some validation going. that mm-hmm. you're on the right track. Masochistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you turn that down. And then how do you end up, you get signed by J.R. Rodham. He's huge, right? I didn't know. I saw a picture of him and I was like, well, this is not who I was expecting. Yeah. He's a South African dude. Yeah, they saw me on MySpace. Okay, now we're talking. (laughs) New media. Yes. Yeah, so they wanted to sign me as a songwriter, publishing deal. And I fly to Los Angeles. I meet with them. And in the first session that we have, we do six songs that evening. That you had brought with you? No, that we created. No kidding. And then we were like, oh, this is a great connection. And he was like, you should be an artist. Oh. And I was like... I am. That's, why I'm That's what I've been fucking waiting for. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. <laughs> oh. So he signed me as an artist as well. So he discovered Sean Kingston, and Sean Kingston was his big artist, like claim to fame yeah. at that time. But he had produced songs for everybody and their mom. But that's really what I was there for, is to kind of write for Sean. Oh, okay. And my first song, What You Say, was a song that I actually wrote for Sean Kingston. And it ended up being my song because his label turned that song down. They turned it down. And this is your first single. It sells 5 million copies immediately. Mm -hmm. It's number one on Billboard Top 100. Mm -hmm. First song out. That's unbelievable. Equivalent to being struck by lightning seven times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What did it feel like? Were you like, it feels like what I thought it would feel like? No. The worry set in. How are you going to match that? Yes. How do I not become a one-hit wonder? Because that's what is on people's mind when you fresh out the gate. Especially at that time, I feel like it was happening in the zeitgeist. It was a single world all of a sudden. Exactly. Ringtone. Uh-huh. It was a ringtone world. Yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah. Napster time. Very similar time now, but way crazier. It's way more one-hit wonders now than ever, I think. Oh, really? Because of TikTok? Yeah, because of social media. I mean, you can get a song going and then make a hit by mistake. Right. Look at Gangnam Style. Do you remember how absolutely ubiquitous and never-ending that song was? Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. to this day, if you play that song, people are going nuts. Yeah, yeah. one of the biggest songs in the history of... Yeah, I heard he's worth like $3 billion. No! no. I'm just playing. Uh-huh. 
Oh my swear. god, good for him. <laughs> no, I actually did hear that he's worth a crazy amount, though. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he's massive in other areas. In Asia, yeah, yeah. He's from Korea, I think, maybe, and he was going to school here for music when he wrote that song. Oh really? I think that's the oh. story. I hope he doesn't sue me. He apparently, has enough money for a really good <laughs> legal team to come after me. Okay, so that happens, and understandably you get a little panicked. Yeah, I was like, I gotta put my head down and figure out what the next song is. But at that point, I walked into the office to the Warner Brothers with What You Say and Riding Solo. I hadn't written in my head yet. Okay. So In My Head became my second that song was the second, yeah. that we wrote while What You Say was still on the rise. Okay, this happens in racing, right? Where dudes that are great second place drivers, they're used to following someone for yep. much of their career. And then when they finally get the right car, it's a different skill leading the race, not following anyone. So it's like wanting, wanting, wanting is one thing you know well. Holding on to something you have is completely foreign to you. Definitely. Right? And it just creates all this fear of like, well, now I have something to lose. Before I had nothing to lose. All I had was this dream to Upside. maybe accomplish. But now I have something that can go away. That's what's so tricky about success is like, is it ever even fucking pleasant? Because the second you get it, your brain switches immediately into when am I going to lose this? This is the two-month spiral I've been in, which is like, well, certainly in six years of this, they're going to take this away. When does the shoe drop? Yeah, go into survival mode. But I think it's just trying to push the envelope forward and better yourself and try to get to the next level that keeps you successful. So in your book, Sing Your Name Out Loud, 15 Rules for Living Your Dream, what one did we learn the hardest so far? This would be, I guess, 2009. The majority of them have been learned. What hasn't been learned is the power of your circle and knowing who your team is. Mm. So Everything up to that point was pretty much just me rolling up my sleeves. I mean, you can't do it all by yourself. Right. You're a one-man show. First of all, why do you need more people? And then how do you get comfortable trusting other people? So I was lucky because I was born into my hive because the rule is called respect the hive. And it's basically talking about the people that are around you and how you pull from their energy and they pull from yours and you should be able to learn and grow from everybody in your circle. But especially having gone to college, I was away from my family. I was away from everything that I was used to. So at this point, it was just me, 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 me. It wasn't until I got back to Miami from college that me and my cousins and my brother, who have always been the closest people to me in the world, we got back together and clicked up and figured out how to get a studio ourselves and like make songs and then go and pass out demos and go to strip clubs and try to have a DJ play my songs. Yeah, yeah. But it was a group effort, you know, and they were maxing out each other's credit cards and like trying to make it look like we were something that we were not. But like it was the four of us. I don't think I would be where I am today without them because they were the backbone. They were the guys that were in my corner. Well, they believed in you clearly. They did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly powerful. And then back to like, yeah, the success... I think in retrospect, you realize, oh, no, that's the best part. The best part is that shit right there. Yeah, the journey. I mean, it's so cliche, but it's so true. When you end up looking back, it's like, well, my funnest times were at the Groundlings, performing <laughs> with a bunch of other broke comedians and yeah. praying people came to the show. That was actually the most fun fun. Isn't that crazy, though? It's the absolute truth. My favorite times are 
the times I can remember where it's the grind, staying up till three in the morning, writing a song that I didn't think had any potential at all. You know, when I heard the riding solo beat, I was like, oh, this is kind of trash. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend, it was like three, four in the morning. He was like, ah, oh, let's write one more. And then we went through the beats and I found the beat that I hated the least. <laughs> and it was this beat that I didn't think was great, but it wasn't terrible. And I wrote a song that people like really, really love and come to me all the time and say that's helped them through a hard time. But this was just a random night being the broke kid from Miami, Florida with my broke friend, teenagers just in my mom's basement. I love that, though. This doesn't have to be perfect. I just have to push through and do something. 100%. Stuts. Yeah. You'll never do anything perfect. You'll never do anything flawless. Yeah. You just gotta march forward. For sure. Exactly. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you. Because you were, some... not to out you, you were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be <laughs> Rob specific. and I received some texts this Yeah, I was morning. locked out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> <sighs> But then you felt much better after. I felt much better. And I even made some apologies. Um, Talking things out can be so helpful. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. 
Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. Did you have any betrayals? Oh, betrayals. Yes. Great question. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Give us Betrayals. a name. No, no, no. <laughs> so there was a production team out of Miami. They put a lot of time and energy into me, and I put a lot of time and energy into them. They were some people that started off with the same situation, like, let me write songs for you. And then they kind of wanted to sign me as an artist. That just never panned out. They were just never the best option. That was okay to me. At the end of the day, I have to do what's best for myself. And if you don't have the best option for my career, I'm not just going to shoot myself in the foot just because we're friends. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. And the deal that they were offering wasn't great either. So later on, when I'm writing my first album, I write a song that is reminiscent of one of the songs that I did with that team. I write a million songs. Literally, I write songs every single day of my life. Unknowingly, did the same damn melody. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> the album comes out and instead of calling me and being like, yo, you used the melody from blah, blah, blah. They sued me. And yeah. it was just like, it hit me to the core. It was just like, bruh, if I had known, I would 100% have given you the credit. You also didn't have to sue me. If you would have <laughs> yeah. hit me, I would have been like, oh yeah, I oh, owe my boy some money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm never gonna intentionally try to scam somebody. It's just not in my nature, especially someone that I think is a good guy, somebody that was from my childhood. Yeah. yeah. So that was a moment that I felt like somebody kind of stuck a knife in my back. Yeah. I think when people feel left behind, yeah. the worst version of themselves comes out as well. Yeah, I can understand. I yeah. was sued by like one of my best friends for a very similar thing. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. Damn. A lot of people we have in here have stories like that. And I find it interesting because it is sad if you put yourself in the other person's shoes. Like, who wants to be the person that is suing one of their friends? Yeah. You know, Yeah, it's on not your deathbed, great. would you have rather been sued by your best friend or tried to sue your best friend? I'd choose the former. Same. It's all about what you're going to live with. All right, so you release your second album, Future History. You're supposed to go on tour, and right before tour starts, you break your back. <gasps> and I almost can't believe that this could be true. You break your back because you're trying to do 50 backflips in a row? Yeah. No! Uh, oh, my God. I don't know if 50 is the number, but, <laughs> but we're training just for stamina. Before the tour started, you wanted to be on your game and be able to put on a good show. This was what the coach was doing. Okay. You had a stamina I, coach. <laughs> no, he was a tumbling coach. Uh -huh, okay. Uh -huh. Gymnast, you know, psycho guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. They live to be hurt, gymnasts. Yeah, but I never tried to sue the guy or anything. <laughs> I think his heart was in the right place, but his brain was somewhere else. <laughs> okay, so really quick, had you already known how to do a backflip or did yes. he teach you? Okay. 
When did you start doing backflips? This is the most impressive physical feat a human can do. Is backflip. Uh, it's a back tuck, even. Yes, so it's back like tuck. No hands, no hands. No hands. I used to be able to do one, too. Oh, well, you're very impressive. Thank I've you. applauded you many anymore. times. I can't anymore. Two-time state champion. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah cheerleading. What? High flyer. Oh, High flyer, sick. Tumbler. I can see that for sure. Well, you know. The small. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it throw around. Okay, so how long had you been doing backflips? I only had been doing the back tuck for about a year. I was constantly trying to learn new moves, constantly trying to learn new acrobatics. That part of my life is over. <laughs> the intention for doing it on stage? Yes. I was literally taking on a new move like every month, doing more and more and more moves. Building the repertoire. Yeah. Okay, so you're on, let's say, 38 out of 50. Oh. Or we don't know what the number is, but you've done oh a tremendous <laughs> amount of them. Yes. And what happens? I'm going through them and I'm knocking them out of the park. I'm doing the best that I've ever done. He's like, let's do it on the hard floor, you know, because I want you to feel like what it's going to be like on stage. After 38 of them. <laughs> yeah, let's finish. No, let's start there and finish on the pad. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> when we're tired. Or into the pit, so, you know. Anywhere. Yeah. In the pool. So I feel myself slip. I bail. Mm -hmm. And you're never supposed to bail. Yeah. For the lay person, that's not a tumbler like Monica. What is <laughs> bailing would be like, you go up, you start that rotation, you go, oh, fuck. And then when you try to yeah, turn so, to your side or something. So you panic and you kind of just stop. You like try to catch yourself as opposed to like just committing to the mistake. You think you can stop it before the point of no return. Exactly. But you're already past the point of no return. Yeah. And once your feet leave, you're you past have the to point. Just, yeah, you just have to go. Yeah. yeah, we can't change our mind at this point. <laughs> no. So midair, you're like, fuck. And then and you just drop like a rock onto your yeah. back. Dude. And then I land on my head. So I actually broke my C2 vertebrae. So considered more your neck. Oh. So. oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so then I'm confused. I thought you did both those things. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Just the C2 vertebrae, the, which is okay. higher up. Yes. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. So that's the hangman's break. So it's the same bone you break when you get hung. Oh, yeah, paralysis. Yeah, or worse. Ugh. Did you hear a pop? I did. <gasps> I thought, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And then I was like, okay, I can move my eyes. I can move my fingers. Good. I can move my toes. All right. And then laid there for about five, six minutes. And my mom is outside. She's in the parking lot. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck am I going to tell my mom? Uh, so that was my concern. I didn't even know what was going on. But I still didn't think that I broke my neck. Right. You know what I'm saying? You just hurt yourself. Yeah, I thought I hurt myself really bad. Did this Navy SEAL coach of yours want you to get up and you got to rip one right away? Get on the horse. He's like, Jason. He slapped me on the ass and said, walk it off. Walk. No, I'm just playing. Oh, I'm just my playing. God. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Oh, I'm just playing. <laughs> oh like, well, he should be suited then. <laughs> no, so you're never supposed to get up when you have a neck injury. So I got up and I'm holding my head yes. and I get to the car and I'm like, mom, I think I hurt my, my neck a little bit. We should probably just go to the hospital just make Sure. You're trying not to scare oh her. My trying God. not to scare her. But mm -hmm. I'm in excruciating pain. It's like hurting like a motherfucker. Yeah. So every single bump ah! seemed like hell on earth. And then when I get to the hospital, they sit me in the waiting room. But you're never supposed to sit someone with a neck injury in the waiting room. That's something that I learned. Okay. Error number two. Anyway, so finally get to the doctor and we take the x-rays and he's like, this is serious. You broke your C2. You're going to be out for almost a year. Oh, my God. I was like, what kind of recovery is That's this? That's one eighteenth of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. I had to cancel my tour. It was like my biggest tour at that time. 11 cities. Was it only 11? 
Well, that's what it says. But we no, you're read probably right. all kinds of crap. No, you're though. probably right, though. I mean, I thought you broke your back twice, so that goes <laughs> to show how, how reliable no, I am as a source. But yeah, I had just got off the road with Lady Gaga, but this was like my headlining, you were headlining this. my own thing. What a bummer! In Europe, was it? Yeah, it was a European tour. Yeah. It was a European so did you have tour. To wear like a. Yeah, do you have a really like sexy neck brace? Yes. I ended up getting a sexy neck brace later. <laughs> Bedazzled or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had this designer make this crazy neck brace that had black diamond things that weren't diamond, the cubic zirconium. I'm shocked that didn't take off as a style, like a bunch of kids in, <laughs> on the dance floor with like bedazzled neck braces. Oh, that could have really taken that off. That could have been something. It could have. <laughs> yeah, because the Kendrick Lamar face covering. But we all had to wear the face yeah. covering, so that's why that made sense. Yeah. But now it's something different, no? It's, that's not COVID-related at this point. Oh, it wasn't? Well, it no, was I think then. not at the Super Bowl. Really? No, I think that was his style. I don't know. I'd have to ask get his him. phone we number and then call him. And <laughs> if he picked up, Just I could ask him. Were you so demoralized? Yeah, I can't believe that should happen to me, honestly. Yeah. Because nobody breaks their neck, right? That's right. Like not a thing. And also, you get a taste of something, and you're like, oh, this is going to happen. Mm, of course not. No, now I'm not going to be able to perform for a year. Kind of like Kanye in that car accident. Yeah. That was the same time, too. Like, right when things were happening for him. Not even done with the album. Yeah, true. He's got his jaw wired shut. He's probably thinking, I can't do this. You know, it builds a different kind of character, and it builds a totally different monster inside you when you can't do something for so long. Because at that moment in my life is when I was the most focused. When the world shuts off, so to speak, in my life is when I make the biggest gains. So I wasn't able to take a shower myself. I wasn't able to tie my own shoes. I wasn't able to dress myself. I wasn't able to do anything myself. But what I did have was focused time and energy. At that time is when I wrote my Talk Dirty album, which ended up having five multi-platinum singles wow. on it and ended up being one of the more successful albums of all time because of the focused energy and the routine. So in the book, I talk about the power of routine. I woke up at the same time. I ate at the same time. I worked on my craft at the same time for the same amount of time every single day. And through that power of that routine is the magic that happened on that album. Wow. What is the hardest part of your routine to keep. I love a routine too, but going to bed on time is my Achilles. It happened two nights ago. I'm like, what is a Jake Paul documentary? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> when people hate this kid, let me see what's going on with this kid. And then it's 1.30 in the morning. Oh, fuck, I was supposed to be up at 7.30. I struggle with falling asleep on time as well, but I wouldn't say that's like my hardest one. The hardest part of my routine is probably diet that's very relatable yeah yeah man because that's one of the joys of life food is like top three i think it's also compounded by culturally for you i think that first generation they're still like they miss the food from home they're cooking the food from home a lot i think it has a bigger significance too it does. Because that's like the last thing of your culture that you yeah, can still enjoy connection. here in mm -hmm. this other place. Yeah, and you get used to eating with the people that you love and care about, and it becomes the place in the time where you bond with the people you care about most. Totally. Yeah. So what's interesting, and I agree with you, so I for much of my career was a writer. And so I had all these routines when I had a script due, I would go to this hotel and I do everything the same. And Weirdly, eating is a big part of it for me because I can't ever get full. If I get full, I can't really work. I'm not really sharp. 
And the longer I would delay when I could eat, the better, the more productive I'd be. For me, it's like you're exerting control on all these little things so that you feel confident to control the creative thing you're trying to control. Which you don't have much control exactly. over. <laughs> exactly. I got chills because it's so crazy that some people have very similar kind of isms, especially, you know, really successful people. Because before a show, the longer I've held out before eating, the better that I feel. I cannot go on stage with a full stomach no matter what. Yeah, you would suck, right? Yeah. I feel like I'm sharper. I feel like I'm better. Yeah. Another thing I have to do is I have to give myself permission to do shitty work. I'm writing from this time in the morning till this time in the afternoon, period. You're allowed to write something shitty. You just have to keep those fingers moving. And then I think just giving myself permission to suck, inevitably I don't suck. Something good will Something come out of, of the day, and I'll rewrite the next day, but I can get kind of overcome with this desire for it to be great. 100% yes, I do give myself permission to be shitty. There's a lot of songs where I felt came out amazing when I felt like I wasn't at my best. And I used to have a rule when I was younger, if I'm too tired, I'm just going to call it a night. Until I wrote fucking smash hits when I was tired. Right. And then after that, I was like... What the fuck are you talking about? You're tired? You got to keep writing. You did some of the biggest and greatest shit you've done while you were tired. So now it's become a part of my lifestyle. Me being tired is not an excuse anymore. I have to do a specific amount of time. And once I've done the proper amount of time, then I'm like, okay, we've accomplished the day. Because I think a lot of writing, when you reach a certain point, it's a numbers game. So everything that you do is not going to be the best that you've done. But... The more that you do, the more chances that you have of writing something amazing. Yeah, you're just totally. up at bat the entire time. Eventually, mm -hmm. you're going to fucking hit a ball. You just got to take a quadrillion pitches. <laughs> exactly. Can we actually talk about stamina for a second? Because we moved past it because you broke your neck. But the point of him <laughs> making you do 50 tucks. Go ahead and say it. I went to Taylor last night. It's three and a half hours. What is it, 45 songs or something? She's 47 songs, I think. And she is moving the whole time. And has like 12 outfit changes. Yes. Right? And I know she is singing, but if she was mouthing the whole concert, it's still phenomenal. I can't believe sure. it. How are people doing this? Let me tell you something about this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor is a freak of nature. She is amazing. And in a lot of ways, as big as she is, she's still underrated. When yes. people are talking about talent and work ethic, I watched Taylor do a performance. It wasn't three and a half hours, yeah. but it was still really long. Taylor's show's always been long. This had to be maybe like four years ago, like before the pandemic. So I watched her do the show. And then after the show, she's like, hey, you want to come to the meet and greet? I'm like, not really, but I'll, I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the meet and greet and the meet and greet is so dope. It's basically like a room that she set up as like a party room. She'll go from table to table to table. I just couldn't believe how much time and energy that she put into this meet and greet after she did that entire show. It was just like so much. And it was inspiring to me. And I was just like, I gotta shut the fuck up and do these meet and greets, you know? Cause yeah. I would like limit my meet and greets. It's like, I yeah. gotta make sure I'm good for my shows. So I had good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But look what the fuck Taylor is doing. She humbled me quick. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? yeah. Watching someone work their ass off is very humbling. Yeah. And she's so giving and she deserves everything that has come to her. Cause now I think she's like the biggest grossing touring artist of all time. Yes. Yeah, you can say she has three billion, unlike the other person <laughs> you joke. Crazy. Yeah, 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 or whatever. Crazy. 
fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, she's, she's so dope, and it couldn't have happened to a sweeter human being. God, I think I it's the that. genre to theorize on why she's underrated, because I agree with you. They're not looking at her like Prince or something, right? Yeah. But I think somehow it's the genre. Writing off that she has a young female audience, I think there's like some light misogyny happening. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the songwriting. The songwriting oh. is amazing. She puts on a fantastic show. She invests in her show it's like a real spectacle it's so thought out she is a marketing genius That's i mean sure. a true genius the secrets that are placed within the songs for the people who know the thing and the community gets together and i think it's unbelievable yeah i remember one time she was like let's try something i'm like what she's like let me post one of your songs and let's see what happens <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah let's right. see yeah. sure so she posted one of my songs and instantly that thing started to just climb up on itunes i was like taylor this is crazy it was just kind of like this is my favorite song right now Solid takes. It's like Oprah's book club back in the day. <laughs> she said that it was a good book, boy. That thing. That's for sure. Good luck yeah. finding it the next That's day on the sure. shelves. Okay, so since 2009, you've sold 250 million singles worldwide, 11 platinum singles. 19 platinum singles, but nobody's 19. Oh, Damn. No, we're, we can count. We're allowed to count. <laughs> 19 platinum singles. But within that, there's still up and down, right? I'd like to hear your advice on that because no matter whose career you're looking at that you think is one way, if you really go through, we just had Ethan Hawke on. He made this great documentary about Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman. He's like, Paul Newman tried his hardest sometimes on movies and they fucking were complete failures, right? They were critically and commercially. You don't even think about that because you just think of all the hits. Everyone's ride is up and down and up and down. I think it's so much more valuable to know what to do when it's down than when it's up. There's stats in the NBA. There is a list of the top 10 most missers of all time. And amongst the top five of the most missers of all time. Oh, can I guess this? Jordan's on there. Yes. Yeah. Oh. But who else? LeBron. Yes. Kobe. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Isn't that wild? If you look at the top five of the most misses of all chills. time, <laughs> each and every one of them are amongst the greatest scorers of all time. So the more shots you take, the more shots that you have the potential of making. So I apply that same thing within my life and within my career. Nobody remembers the misses. That's so powerful. It's like far more missed than made. Yeah. And I just love that stat so much because I love when sports can relate to life. Yes. yes. There's a similar one in football, and I don't know shit about football, and Rob might correct me, but all the biggest scoring quarterbacks also lead the league generally in interceptions thrown. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're related. They're Damn. throwing big, crazy passes all I the time. I believe that. A lot of them, they're scoring, and a lot of them get intercepted. you got to take the risks. The more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities that you have to succeed. The problem is we all always get really hung up on what if I fail, what if I miss, that we end up hindering ourselves from ever starting in the first place. And it's the starting, it's the just putting it out there, especially in 2023. I mean, there's just so much opportunity now. You can just release shit to the world at a drop of a dime and not have to pay a million dollars for something. There's all kinds of people that are thriving these days. The pages like with the bee lady that is just saving the bees, you know, has yeah, like 30 sure. million followers. Or like <laughs> someone who's cleaning the sewers and yeah. showing us what it's like to work a sewers is now getting all of these huge brand deals. You can be anybody on the planet. You just have to take that swing time and time again. Wake up in the morning, get your routine down 
and the world is your oyster. And that's why I wrote this book, because there's way too many people out there that are abandoning their dreams for grad school or doing what the norm is and what their parents might have told them or the teacher might have told them and not following their passion or not putting themselves out there enough. And I think it's important for you to follow your passion and do what you think is going to make your life the happiest. Because at the end of the day, money will follow, success will follow, but the joy is in the journey. The building the shit is the fun part. Tree forts, they're a blast to build. You never hang out in them. Yeah, right. It gets built, you're pumped for a day, and then no one ever goes to the thing again. Yeah, man. Phil. I would imagine your career, my career, Monica's career, there's these momentum shifts, like sometimes velocity's high, it's 2009, you're fucking 5 million downloads, and then the momentum slows down. When you're feeling that momentum slow down, how do you reinvigorate it? How do you change the direction of that momentum? I'm constantly thinking of new shit. I'm never just staying within the beaten path. I'm always thinking, what can I do different? How can I change? How can I morph? How can I become a new Jason Derulo this year and like come out different? Whether it's what my body looks like, whether it's like a new strategy, whether it's putting my energy into socials, whether it's putting my energy into trying to figure out like a new marketing plan, whether it's trying to figure out what my new look is, what my new fashion is. How am I going to shock the world this month? What am I going to do that's going to shock the world now? A lot of what we do today is shock value. I mean, let's be completely honest. Well, cutting through the noise. There's just so much noise. You just got to keep shaking shit up. Now, I can't imagine you would have seen this coming, but right after you leave Warner Brothers Records, you do Savage Love, and it becomes this insane viral sensation on TikTok. And then the song peaks at number one in the UK. It's remixed by BTS. That goes on to be number one on Billboard. Am I getting all this right? Yep. I'm fucked up a few <laughs> times. I'm waiting for you to correct me. But ultimately, this thing is enormous. You're the 15th most followed person on TikTok. Even for you knowing you're throwing a lot of things at the wall, that's got to be one of those moments again where you're like, well, okay, I didn't see that one coming. That's pretty wild. So it was the pandemic and it was a kind of down period in my life as well because I had just gotten out of this deal with Warner Brothers, which I thought was going to be a happy moment because I sold 200 something million records across the world, right? I thought yeah. every label was gonna be jumping for joy to try to get me. Yeah. I went out into the marketplace and people were like, oh, it's too expensive. Oh, we don't know. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about shock to ego, ego, shock to everything that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how? So, I'm like, cool, I'm gonna figure this shit out myself. Proving people wrong, that's fuel to me. When I get shit on, I always get some new sort of energy that is just work, 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 work. So I made it my business to put my energy into both music and writing songs, but also figuring social media out. Because my whole career, that was my downfall. I had all these hit records, people couldn't put my face to the songs. It was the weirdest thing in the world. Christopher Cross. Literally. Everyone knows sailing. No one knows what he looks like. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it was a weird place that I was in. So I was like, I'm going to utilize this time to figure this out. So I looked at what the top people were doing in different areas, come up with a plan that worked for me that I was going to post six times a day, no matter if there was shit content or was great content to figure out what the fuck people wanted. Why is it not connecting? Like, what do you want from me? It was through that experimentation that I was able to 
learn what made people tick. After a period of time, I could know what a video was going to do and how many views it was going to get because I started seeing the pattern and I started to see what got people going. Yeah. What does get people going? I'm the worst at social media. It's, it's embarrassing. You have to think about yourself as a scroller. So if you think about yourself as the fan, mm -hmm. you can instantly know what makes you scroll. Titties. Like, no. <laughs> uh, maybe that you shouldn't you, think about it. That makes you stop scrolling. Oh, <laughs> scrolling is a bad thing. You don't want people to scroll. Yeah. So titties is going to make you stop. <laughs> so that's a good thing. I just wanted to say titties. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's literally just popping on the screen, a big ass face. It's like, damn, what the fuck? Who's this? What the fuck are you going to say to me? Yeah. That's going to stop me in my tracks because I'm scrolling from video to video to video to video. It's going to take a lot for me to stop. Yeah. So what you have to do is offer me something. In this first two seconds, I need to know what the fuck you're going to offer me in this video so that I know exactly what I'm getting. Because as a scroller, we're very selfish. We want to get something from a video. Are we going to learn something? Are we going to be entertained? Am I going to laugh? Am I going to cry? Am I going to want to fall in love? Tell me in this first second, because that's all you got, what I'm going to get out of this video. That is probably 55% of social media yeah. is getting people to stop scrolling. I'm not good at that. Me either. Yeah, no, you're getting really good. Well, no, Liz is Liz good. Is Our help, friend Liz yeah. is good. If you collaborate, it's yeah. well, pretty <laughs> yeah. catchy. Collaboration is amazing. The more you can get other people's fans to come. Well, that's one of your rules. Collaborate, period. Choose people you can teach and learn from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you curate that group? What I did was I brought all of the same ideals that I did with the music and I brought it to business and then my businesses started to flourish you know because i had failed companies i had a vodka that failed i had a clothing line that failed and then when i started to utilize these ideals from the book that i learned from music i utilized it in business amazing then i utilized it in social media social media started to thrive as well so all the same shit just works mm -hmm. everywhere the same thing for music an intro to a song like you got to keep me i get so mad sometimes some of my favorite artists too they get this like 15 second quote comedy sketch at the beginning of this great song and I'm like give me the great I'll go to fucking Will Ferrell if I want some comedy give me that good song sometimes I get a little frustrated yeah same same it's important <laughs> do you ever get frustrated I'm like Monica? who's doing that oh a there's lot a lot of it what yeah. Yeah. the better they are the more empowered they feel to start to do doing some comedy shit. bits oh my god oh you ever notice this? this is like a status dynamic have you ever watched like whoever has the highest status in any group, it could be the CEO of a company or something. All of a sudden, they think they're 27% funnier because people are going to laugh way easier. Well, by the Yo, way, because hilarious. people will laugh, laugh at that. Yes, it's, it's misleading. It's not their fault. Damn, I really thought I was funny. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. Everyone, we all suffer from it. Yeah. Yeah, no. People will <laughs> laugh. People will laugh at you guys. I worked for years for General Motors, the car company, and I'd go to these dinners. The person that was eighth level, which is really high up, they'd tell these stories, and they were fucking sleepers. And people would be <laughs> laughing hysterically. I'm like, this guy thinks he's Jim Carrey. How could he not? Not his fault. It's other people's <laughs> fault for laughing. <laughs> he wouldn't feel so empowered to tell all exactly. the fucking jokes that people were laughing. You're all feeding into the problem. <laughs> I have two little... Fun, quick questions for you. Or maybe you won't find them fun or quick. I love the meters, the Isley Brothers. And you played Ron Isley. Yeah. I just learned this today. The fact that I've not seen this movie, Spinning Gold, 
I'm furious at myself. It's a really cool film that kind of takes you into what the mob life was like in the music industry. It's interesting to see how the mob bosses, so to speak, were controlling the whole situation. Even the Isley brothers. Yeah, for sure. Where were they at? Motown. It follows the life of Bogart, who was like the puppeteer that just found these amazing artists that became some of the biggest artists in the world. Okay, second thing. My fucking 10-year-old just auditioned yesterday for Cats. Really? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Did you know I was going to go there, Rum Tub Tugger? I didn't. I didn't expect that. So my life now is hearing Cats <laughs> all day. Oh, my God. Long. You're going to be in their house all day. Uh -huh. <laughs> wow. I have a hunch that movie's going to be on a couple thousand times before the performance. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ironically, it was on the day before yesterday at my house. It was just randomly on, on HBO. So we were like watching it as a family. It's crazy. That's just cool to be a part of something like uh, that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just so many incredible performers. Idris Elba to Judy Dench to Ian McKellen. The incredible. Greatest. Did you feel embraced by all them? Yeah. Make you rethink your deserting of uh, Broadway when you could have? For some, a second. Some happy people. My wife's a musical theater person, and I meet all of her friends from there. They are all happy as hell. <laughs> I might be the happiest group of people, and they're so fucking supportive to one another. It's uh, crazy. Uh, all just like incredible people. People were just very, very supportive and wanting to make sure that you feel comfortable. Because, I mean, it could be intimidating being in those kinds of rooms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Idris Elba? I would Yeah. Be. He's a beast. Definitely. Oh. How tall we think he is? 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, oh, I'm going to wrestle him if oh, we ever God. have. Oh, <laughs> to wrestle him. 6'3". Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wiry. <laughs> My last question is, you do the voice Australia. And so how long will you be down in Australia? And is it film in Sydney? Yeah, so three months. And Sydney's one of my favorite places in the world. To be in there for a chunk of the year is pretty incredible. I've always thought about buying a house in Australia. Bond Beach, is that the spot? Bondi. Bondi. You've already been down there? Yeah, we already shot it, so we just have to do the finale. That lifestyle for you, that works? Oh, yeah. To me, it offered a change of pace because I tour a lot. I don't spend very much time at home, home. So to have like a home in Australia for like a stand of time was awesome. It also allowed me to make a lot of music. I was going to say, you can't get too distracted down there. A, you've got this incredible time zone issue. So you can't ever really get on the phone with anyone, right? <laughs> it's like you got to call at 5 a.m. when they're going to bed or Literally. whatever. There is nothing else for you to do other than that show. Trust me, I thought about fitting some shows in there. I was just like, ah, it's not really worth it. Yeah. yeah. Straight, enjoy. Good. I really did enjoy it. It was really good breath of fresh air. And there's room and opportunity for more seasons down there? I'm into it, so I think I would do it again. Okay, great. Well, listen, it's been a delight meeting you. Yeah, I hope everybody likewise. checks out Sing Your Name Out Loud, 15 Rules for Living Your Dream. I think you have been someone who's constantly reinvented and reimagined and executed on a million different trajectories and it's impressive so i imagine it'll be very inspirational to a lot of people thank you man thank yeah. you so much and that little boy of yours boy that's a yeah. cute little guy <laughs> thank you thank you i got a comment on your grass too your grass is amazing <laughs> thank you and it also inspired me because i didn't think real grass could look that good in los angeles it's a polarizing it topic is. as you know 
There will be people that are mad that I have real grass. Really? Yeah, but it fucking rained for six months this year. I ain't too worried about the grass right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, people yeah. get That's mad if you don't have fake grass here. Really? Well, because we're in drought a lot. I get it. But we, That's a lot of fucking land to have fake grass. <laughs> I, so. I know, I know. It's too hot to walk on because then I'd be like, oh, great, I have this yard. I can't fucking walk on it. The dogs can't go on it. The kids but do you know how walk? expensive it is per square foot? I had it at the old house and you couldn't walk on it. I had to hose hot. it down to walk on oh, it. Then what? Then I'm using water to cool the damn grass off. <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious. Where do you live currently? Uh, Tarzana. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. yeah, grass is hard out there. It is. I've been kind of going back and forth. I'm doing a lot of renovation as well on my place. Yeah, you can get some space out there in Tarzana. Yeah, a ton. All right, well, I wish you a ton of luck, and yeah, likewise, it's been bro. a delight. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks so yeah, much for coming in. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. Okay, when did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Well, let's just say I'm a weirdo and I want to be messy and see what you're up to, like who you're hanging with. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. I knew you did that. <laughs> no, I did not do that. <laughs> I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends and then use that money any place Apple Pay is accepted. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Monica, please keep it in the chat. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. It mm. was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Sleep is a big deal. If you're not getting your Z's in, then it just makes everything so much more difficult and you feel a long way from the top of your game. So every now and then, not being able to get sleep and stay asleep is so annoying and you think, ah, if only there was something that could help. Well, there's sleep and then there's Natrol Sleep. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients like 99% pure melatonin to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol, sleep tonight, live tomorrow. Click, tap, or visit natrol.com to shop now. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Nice up is the fact that I don't even care about facts. I just want to get in your pants. Okay, welcome to the fact check. Welcome to the fact check. Um,
Well, I do want to say it again. Thanks to everybody who went to Ted Seeger's and ordered Ted Seeger's. All these people have been receiving their Ted Seeger's and taking pictures and making videos and then sipping it for the first time. And then we've been getting like the best, like it's just generating the funniest content. Like they should be writing for us. Like one was like, um, can't wait to drink 18 of these and drive up to Chili's. (laughs) Need to drink a bunch of these and go on a motorcycle ride. Someone said this is- It's fun. Delicious garage beer. Mm. And I was like, ooh, Aaron and I were both like, ooh, garage beer. That sounds pretty great. It does sound nice. <laughs> I get what that means. It's like like sitting in your driveway or garage. Yeah, you go out mm. to your garage fridge. That's grab nice. a beer. Well, good. So is it still sold out? Oh, thank you. So yes, it is sold out. Now people are going in it's sold out, but we have initiated an a new batch. We should be completely restocked and ready to receive orders in a few weeks. So I will keep everyone posted. Great. Okay. This is for Jason Derulo. There was an Easter egg in the Kristen fact check. Mm. Jiggle, Mm -hmm. jiggle. Yeah, that's right. There was a misfire. Wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. Speaking of, Uh (laughs) Kristen's been sending me all these videos of the kids when they were little. I mean, especially Delta. I know, but even like, even just little Lincoln in there in the back. And she sent me one that was so funny of Lincoln getting so annoyed with her. For not handing over the thing to me. Yes, the watch. (laughs) Give it to daddy. That's daddy's watch now. (laughs) Delta. Like, it's like so (laughs) exasperated. Like a a sibling dynamic is just instant. It is. It doesn't take any time to develop. I kind of saw Lincoln in a new light when I was watching these because there's, well, the first video... Kristen sent me was of them. I mean, Delta was probably three and Lincoln probably five, maybe younger. And they're like doing ballet in the house and Lincoln's doing hers. Uh And then Delta's like, watch this. And just like trying to. (laughs) And they're both in tutus. They are. They lived in those. Remember? (laughs) They would Tights and tutus. And Delta's hair is so fucked up. It It looks like her head just came out of a fucking dryer. I know. Static, like (laughs) the back's all sticking up straight. Yeah, and and she's like, "Watch this, and watch this, Lincoln," and like trying to get her attention. And Lincoln, she only wants Lincoln, and Lincoln is ignoring her. Yep, and it's really sad. Like (laughs) Lincoln, like so sad. Yes, and then she turns. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's what that's what the thread of all these videos is. Is her? And I said it last night. We were watching a bunch in bed, and I said. You've always had a short fuse. Yeah. Well, she tried the nice <laughs> she way. She did. And then <laughs> she she started stomping around. Lincoln. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm in that video. I'm on the like toilet. Yes. Uh and and I obviously was feeling really protective of Let's just be clear. You're sitting on a toilet with, with your clothes, clothes on. on. Yeah, yeah. I a, wouldn't want people to think that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're a taking closed, a shit during this video or something. Closed toilet. <laughs> I'm sitting on it on my phone with like a paper. So I must be working or something. And but I'm not paying attention to them, but I'm obviously listening because when As soon as you hear Delta's feelings hurt. Yes. Yeah. As soon as it gets like sad. I jump in and say, Lincoln, we always watch you do your 
<laughs> ballet. So, you know, it wouldn't feel very good if we ignored you. Yeah. And then she like watches it and it's uh-huh. a mess and whatever. And, but when I first watched it, I, I was like, oh my God, I'm like. Assertive. Hard on her. Mm-hmm. And. Mm which I don't remember being, but now it kind of makes sense because she was always so mature. Lincoln, yeah, yes. yeah, misleadingly mature. Yes. Yes, that's been a problem of mine with her. Is like yeah. When she'll make these very age-appropriate mistakes, I'm like confused. Exactly, and it feels like, well, why Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Because you know better, and she doesn't know better. She's four or five or whatever. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I was like, oh, man. Also, you've always just had a bond and an affinity for Delta, and she's the low-status person in the yes. household. So you've always been very protective of her. Yes, exactly. And I was there to watch her, mm-hmm. so it was a different dynamic. But but still, I do think I would have been more understanding. Although, I mean, I will say Kristen in the video is also like, Lincoln, she's asking nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's just funny to go back. Well, really quick, let's finish the, how that one ends because I, I think it's so hysterical. So Lincoln looks at her like for one second and then she goes, I'm going to be a teacher one day and I'll teach her how to do this. Yes. And Delta immediately, it's Delta's now misleading in the opposite direction because you think she's a dum-dum. Like she can barely talk, but yeah. she picked up on that burn so quickly yeah. and she immediately goes, I'll be a teacher. I'm going to be a teacher. I and I'm going to show you. everyone I'm a teacher. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I, don't even, I wouldn't have even thought she understood what that meant in that moment. She, and she- was so advanced. There's another video of her talking about the moisture on her baby doll. And she can't really say the word. She's saying moista. Uh, but she's saying moisture. And it's like, how does she know that word? Uh, the other great one is... Um, you're playing Elsa or Anna. I don't know which one gets frozen. Yeah. Oh, my God. And Delta's playing opposite, the one that's unfrozen. And she has to give you a true love kiss yes. to unfreeze you in the anticipation ah. and the amount of time she, like, goes in and then almost kisses you and doesn't. <laughs> oh, is it funny? It's so funny. Oh, my God. But then, so there's a video she sent of Lincoln doing ballet Mm. Again, at at the actual ballet recital or something. (laughs) And she's doing it and she's taking it really seriously. Yeah. There's also 20 kids waiting their turn to do their little prance across the floor. Yes. And she's, she's taking it really seriously and she does it perfect. And then Delta like pops her head in the camera and is like, I want to do that, Uh, but only this part. And then she like (laughs) runs out there and does the like absolute most ridiculous. She looks like when a a pony is born and they start walking all fucked up, like the first hundred steps. That's what she's trying to skip. And it's the craziest leg movement. It's crazy. But, and it's, it's bad, (laughs) you know, but but it's so cute. And everyone is laughing and cheering. (laughs) And, and I was like, I'm Lincoln. Like I could really connect with her. Oh my God. She just did that perfectly. She'd been paying attention. She was probably practicing. And then Delta just runs out, does this ridiculous. Chris Farley. She looks like Chris Farley for sure in SNL sketch. She does a sketch 
And then, and everyone's like, yes, like so happy. And I don't think she was in that class. She just like. She'd w- come with us because everyone had to, to go. Yeah, yes. But yes. she wasn't in the class. No, she wasn't a class. student. No, she just made herself the center of attention. But I really felt. For Lincoln. I really felt bad for her. And, and she, you can see her in part of the end of the video. And it's really sweet because she's laughing too. And like she decides mm-hmm. that it's okay. Yeah. She's very sweet. She's had to deal with that a lot. I, like I the, know. The baby director video people would watch and it was so funny. I and, know. Yeah. And there's another video of, of us singing Oopsies I Farted. Mm-hmm. And it, Delta and I and... um. You and Kristen are behind the camera. You don't you don't see Lincoln, but she's there, uh-huh. and we're like singing it. And Delta goes, "Only Monica and me." Uh-huh. And I don't even know. I didn't know who she was talking to. But at the end of the at the end of the video, it, Lincoln's just like right there, and she uh-huh. was saying it to her. And it's sure. so mean. <laughs> Did you see the video of her playing the guitar, singing her song? Yeah, when you guys were playing guitar at each other. Oh, not that. Oh, that was great. No, this one's just Delta playing the guitar on the couch, and this is her song. I love my mommy and not daddy or Lincoln. Oh, no. She's stringing. Ring, ring, ring. I love mommy and not daddy (laughs) or Lincoln. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) She's just always been so strong-willed. That's what I was really observing. And so charismatic just from day one i mean it's that's a hard that's hard to have that as a little sister yeah totally and you know especially now lincoln is like accepted embraced supported still feels like she's got her own lane like it's been really lovely i think it's almost even helped accelerate her Learning that she's not going to have all the attention. Yeah. That there'll be some kind she gets for this and other people are going to, like, in a weird way, I think it's It's advanced her her a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I think I had a hard time sharing the spotlight when I was younger. You know, like, I wanted the white hot. I was Delta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's different. So she probably is going to have a harder time. Right. And my brother's always been, like, always proud. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's really nice. But he was also five years older. When you're you're less than two years old, yeah. I think that's much harder. Yeah. I mean, they'll be in junior high at the same time together. Yeah. I'm sure Delta will be making a, a real entrance, a you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really admirable. As mm-hmm. much as, you know, I, I watched those videos to gawk at how cute Delta is, but kind of my takeaway was like, wow, <laughs> Lincoln was up against a lot. <laughs> Um, just if it makes you feel better, I have those moments too. Like I'll yeah. be l- watching some of those videos and I'll I'll hear the things I was concerned about at the time and I'll just think, you ne- didn't need, to. you know, like yeah. you, you could have had more faith in. Yeah, but it's hard. I mean, how yeah, do you, you don't know. when it's you're in it? First time, you know, yeah. it's everyone's first time dealing with these people. Yeah. Hmm. I want to watch them right <laughs> I'm going to see if Kristen will send me the um, guitar one. Hi. Hi. Will you send me the one with Delta playing the guitar? I love mommy and not Lincoln and Daddy. Of course. We were just watching videos like that. We just started it. What ones were you watching? 
We just watched um, when you and Lincoln were playing the guitar, and I was like, let me do my first cartwheel. When you playing guitar Yeah, you're in the background acting like a chimpanzee. I'll send it to you. All right, thanks. Yeah, she's she just learned how to do her first cartwheel really badly. Oh, it's not even to call it a cartwheel is like calling a bicycle a pickup truck. But it's also it's like a part two because one of the other videos she was she was also she thought she had mastered it. No, she was like, I can't do it. Oh, you're right. She was defeated. She got defeated. She's like, I'm never gonna do it. Oh my god. Um, uh, I also look so young in these. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy because I don't think you've I don't think you've looked any older than when I met you, but then I look at those and I'm like, oh yeah, you're like a little girl. I know. I've mm. really aged. <laughs> no, <it's> just, <laughs> no, I have. I have. <laughs> anyway, well, it was just it's so fun and it's when she was sending me all of them, I was I was so overwhelmed by how much I, I like couldn't stop watching and want and want to go back in time and yes, play with her yeah so nostalgic and me too <sighs> it's interesting in the place i'm in where i don't have kids uh-huh but to have all these like maternal feelings right it's weird i bet yeah okay anything new from the week <laughs> <laughs> Anything before good? Ju- before I jump into facts. Uh, and I'm going to a baseball game tonight with uh, Nate. Oh, that's I'm Very fun. excited about Dodgers. LA Dodgers versus, who knows? I'll the, find out. No. Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Ding, ding, ding. Why? Brewers. Oh, because you're because Ted Seegers? Yeah, they're beer brewers. Oh, and I'm yeah, a beer brewer. That's... Maybe I'll be rooting for the Brewers. <gasps> no. How can I not? My brother in arms, the no, Brewers? You... No, they're they're your competition. What if it was though the Philadelphia Podcasters? Yeah, they're my competition, so <laughs> oh, okay. I can't root for them. I would have I'd I'd feel like a kinship. Well. Brewers are good. There's two first place teams playing each other. Ooh. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow, oh, that'll this... be fun. I'll pay attention to very little. Are you going to have a hot dog? I told you what always happens is every, not every time, damn near every time I've gone to the Dodgers, I sit in these really great seats that my agency owns. They're awesome. I go mostly because it's free food in there. The dugout club. Hot dog, unlimited hot dogs. Mm. Oh, it's great. Jason Bateman has season tickets and there may be like three rows behind where the dugout club is. So he can, anytime I've gone to the game, he can see that I'm there. Oh. And I'm not a baseball fan. I love the experience of watching the game in person. It's so fun, but I don't follow it. So I always leave in the eighth inning. Uh I'm going to beat the traffic, right? Yeah, yeah. And every time, I will have not seen him. And then I'll look at my phone when I get in the car and it'll be from Bateman. Couldn't hang in there, huh, bud? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Burning me that I'm a shitty fan. Oh. The traffic of that stadium is especially shitty, oh, though. Oh, yeah. It's comical. Yeah, I'll, even when the White Sox play one time a year, <laughs> yeah, you'll still leave if early. If it's not a close game, I'm getting out of there because it's yeah. an hour and a half otherwise. Well, I think that'll be fun. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. What other kinds of foods do they have? Like cakes and stuff? Oh, money. Money, money, money. Ooh, money, 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 money. Oh, I know something I'm not telling you. But what? first, let me tell you what they have to eat there. Okay. They have a full buffet bar inside mm-hmm. that's nice. They're like carving prime rib, wow. salad bar. Omelet? Uh, 
Maybe. Lots of stations. Mm. Always a pork yeah. offering, a chicken offering, a beef offering. You know my mom loves a buffet. I and a cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. Well they're loves. They're they're cousins. Loves? Loves. We always do this. Why? I try to remember her favorite cafeteria. Is it Love's? Oh, no. We do always do this. Yes. This is what's on <laughs> This who's on first. Who's on first. Yeah. Also, um, Mazamo. Piccadilly. Smiley? No. Happy? Marie Calendars. Yeah, that's Piccadilly. not a cafeteria, Yes, it, it, I think. No, is Marie it? Calendars is not. Oh, really? I love Marie Calendars. They've got a really great cheese soup. Oh, my and God. And a great salad bar. Marie Callender's, I miss you. Bree and I used to like once every two months because we were broke. That would be our big date. We would go to Marie Callender's and Marina Del Rey. (laughs) And we would fucking- Marina Del Rey Callender's? And we didn't get an entree. We just got the salad bar and we ate a gallon of that cheese soup. Oh my God. Yeah, birthdays were there. She would take me there for my birthday. That's so cute. We partied at the Marie Callender's. Wow, I didn't know there was one here. In Marina Del Rey, I- we can't hope go. it's open still, but I'm not sure that big it is. Big shout out. Big, yeah. big shout out. To There's them. a bunch. Still. Oh, there oh, are still. A bunch. Hope they're still One, serving two. that cheese soup. It's cheese and potato soup. Mm. Delicious. I wonder if I'd still like it. You shouldn't go back. <laughs> like, like the fast food restaurant that'll remain nameless. Okay, this is my obsession for the last few days. Okay. I discovered this on the internet. First, my friend Ben Kosolke sent it to me, who's a DP who did Freebie. He's a really Mm. wonderful, creative, I love him. He sent it to me first, Instagram post that Steven Seagal put out an album in 2004. Have you seen this on the internet yet? And one of the songs, he has a full Jamaican accent and he's singing in Pigeon. What? Oh yeah. It's so Apex Steven Seagal, and I can't stop listening to this song. And in the morning when I do my cold plunge, I listen to it. It's preposterous. Can I play it for you? Listen for Punani. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so cringy. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, what's his ethnicity? <laughs> okay, great. I'm glad you brought that up. He has in many movies played Native American. Okay. Played Italian. Oh, he's Jamaican in this song. Yeah. He's Putin's pal. He's Russian. I mean, he is whatever he wants to be that morning. He doesn't give a flying fuck what anyone has to say about it. It's insane. Oh, my. Yeah, nationality says American, Russian, Serbian. Okay, but playing Native American whenever he wants. And he speaks with a Native Amer- generic Native, stereotypical Native American accent in these movies. This is the, what he is saying. Him want the punani, oh. and me know it nice. When the girls start to strut, you could look at her, but you shouldn't do that. Think about just that because her clothes are just as pretty. What? They're not just to cover her kitty. Girl, oh. girl, what you really want all night. Ow. Me want the buddy. Make me feel nice. Boy, Ew. what you really want all night. Me want the punani. See for make nice. Baby, the way you walk is so hot. Let's have a shot of rum. Then I'll make you come oh, with God. me to the ocean. Ugh. That would be fat. P-H-A-T. Oh. 
you can be my bow cat. Nice it'll breeze. <laughs> oh my god. Monica. No, no, hold on. I, I hate hold, this. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just, you gotta hear that passage I just read. Oh. Ew, it's so gross. With me to the ocean. It was a nice pause ah, there. <laughs> a lot of double entendre <laughs> happening. Oh. Holy, holy fuck. Every morning when I come downstairs, I play the song and I strut inside Ew. the kitchen. Yeah, to make the girls puke. It is disgusting. I can't stop listening to it. I, I send it to Nate. He can't stop listening to no, it. No, stop yes. listening to it. You're it's gonna it's give insane. Him- oh, well, it's like watching him. the room. What's, what's the what's the uh, what's the diff? Well, this is bad. This is appropriate. Well, I didn't appropriate yeah. it. <laughs> Steven Seagal did it. And, and a lot of times, and I've said it on here, I don't always agree with this claim of appropriation. Like This is the most, I don't think I've ever seen a more blatant appropriation yeah. where I'm like, oh yeah, that. now that's the definition right yeah. there. <laughs> uh, yeah. There needs, I don't know what needs to happen. You know what there needs to be is like an incredible documentary about him. Mm, yeah. I would. I bet it would be fucking so good. Cause look at these phases. I mean, just to go. He went to studios and he's like, "So here's the thing. I'm gonna play a Native American. I have the perfect accent. I'm gonna play it in this movie where I fight for my land. For also, my land. My land. Oh, land. Also, if you heard my new song, Strut. Oh. tonight. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> He's like, also check out my new movie where I'm a fucking guido. Hey, I'll go right and chop you. Oh. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Apparently making I a, don't miss it. a Russian documentary right now. Oh, he himself is, is about, in production. About Russia's special military military oh. operation. Well, he, he fancies himself a special ops. He, there's those photos of him hanging with the Russian special ops in a special ops gear. Update on my bolognese. Sorry. One last thing before we move on. Sure. You know he had a show where he was a cop yes, as well. Yes, we've talked about it a lot <laughs> on here. Okay. <laughs> we've talked about it enough. <laughs> what a lot of people don't know oh about God. me is I'm a sheriff in Louisiana, Paris, 13. I protect these streets. And then I play blues guitar at night downtown New Orleans. <laughs> Oh, God. Holy smokes, what a guy. Okay, okay, now we can move on. Well, that's, you can see with my level of giddiness that that's taken three days of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Um, Did she send to Chris and send the video? Oh, okay, here we go. Thanks for your patience and your patronage. So much. I don't really like Why? That. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. Oh, that was it. Wait, okay, hold on. Oh, no, she's back. She's back. I love mommy so much. I love so much. Oh, my God. She's running from Instagram. <laughs> 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 she 
He's like a drunk, like those <laughs> movies where the the country star is too drunk to oh, go on yeah. stage and goes out anyways. That's the song. <laughs> I love my mommy so much. And not Lincoln, daddy. Love so much. Oh, God. Fuck. That's so funny. What a gal. Um, okay, update on my bolognese. Oh, oh. Thank you. Um, that's another exciting thing that happened. I, this is in a two-way tie with Strut by Steven Seagal. <laughs> Your bolognese, which I had two nights ago, and over rice, so it's 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 sandbagged. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have a fair shot. Mm-hmm. It was fucking delicious. Good. I mean, I thought I was at Chateau. Like you nailed wow. Chateau Marmont. Wow. Well, that's an it's Allison Roman so recipe if anyone wants to try it. Good. Oh good. my God, is it delicious. There was a lot of garlic in it, which is part of why it tasted so good. Yeah. And I was like, I was just willfully ignoring that for about half of it. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to pay the price for this. And then I started pulling out chunks of garlic that I was... When I was being willful, I pretended those were onion, but they were clearly garlic as I pulled the chunks aside. Okay. And it's they're so good. I love yeah. that chunk of garlic. I know. So I did I, have some flaky eyebrows I'm later. Sorry. That's all right. And some uh, psoriasis on my penis and testicles. Oh my goodness. Yeah, okay. but that's going to pass. That usually only lasts a couple of days. Just and worth rubbing, it. Rubbing the garlic on there. I, I, I stirred it with my <laughs> testicles. Uh, that's where my psoriasis likes to show up. It's so, I'm so grateful for it. So nice. That's really where you want psoriasis. On your genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Ouchy, ouch. I guess it's just where your skin's thinnest. Yeah, I most think. sensitive. Yeah, thin skin, I think that's what it goes for. But you don't get it on your heels. Let's just say that. But I'd love it on my heels. It, psoriasis no, gods? No, if I had to pick where my psoriasis was, definitely on my heels. No one will ever see it. But and you I have can't to feel walk. Sh- But I can't feel shit on my heels, oh. right? It's just a big pad of dead skin. Okay. Thick derm. <laughs> dermis pacamus. <gasps> pussy pacadermis? Pa- pac- pussy pacadermis. That's <laughs> virtually what I have is my heels. Okay. So we talked about, because his parents got married twice to each other. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we like that story. Um, and seven celebrities who married the same person twice. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun list. I'm excited for this. Okay, Marie Osmond. Okay, Donnie Osmond. Marie Osmond and pro basketball player Steve Craig. Oh, okay. Three years of marriage, then divorce, then she married somebody else, and then... Back to maybe Donnie Osmond's her child or brother or father. <laughs> okay, number two, Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, sure. Who Richard Burton? Richard Burton. I only know that because I'm listening to the Mike Nichols book right now. Oh, and they and talk Mike about Nichols' it? first movie was um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which was Burton. And I haven't, I can't wait to see this movie. I got to remember to watch it now. Oh. Now I'm really interested in it because they were like. The most mega movie stars ever. They got paid all this money. And this is his first feature. That's like a, that's a big, dealing with older stars that have their way of doing things and trying to get something new and original is, that's a Herculean feat. And he was masterful at dealing with both of them. And they're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eminem. No kidding. 
Yep, Kimberly Scott. Okay, so they were married? They were married and then married again and then no longer married. Okay, so maybe a third time. That would be really fun. It just got announced like yesterday he's getting divorced again. From a different person. Kim Kimberly Mathers. Oh my god, two Kimberleys? Wait, no. It might be the same. Well, this is Kimberly Scott. But Mathers is his last name. Oh, says they ended their second marriage after a nasty fight in 2000. uh, No, they got married in 2006, and three months later they got divorced again. Oh. But maybe. Maybe they got married. Th- maybe it's three. Thrice time. Could be. Um, old friend of the pod, Pam Ann. She married someone twice? Says married poker player Rick Solomon. Solomon. They got an annulment. Okay. And then they reignited their love and got married again. When? 2014. Oh, okay. And then divorced. Okay. Uh, Frida Kahlo. Oh, Frida. Frida and Diego Rivera. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Right? Well, no. Didn't she sing that song? No, Frida Kahlo's the painter with the unibrow. I know that um, that, um, uh, Salma Hayek played. Yeah. And in the movie she sings, Don't cry for me, Argentina. No, am I insane? Don't cry for me, Argentina is Phantom of the Opera. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Let's see what the fuck was going on here. <laughs> Let's get this. Song by Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Phantom of the Opera, but maybe I'm wrong. People sang that song at Sam Hayek's wedding. Is that maybe what you're thinking of? No, look at this. Don't cry for me. A song recorded by Julia, who later included a 1978 musical, Eva Perone. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that makes sense. Did she play Eva? Salma? Yeah, um, Eva Perone. She she produced. It looks like she produced a series that was okay. about Eva Perone. All right. Well, I'm I've I've conflated some things apparently. It would be really crazy if Frida Kahlo was the <clears throat> painter she is and also <laughs> sang that song. I know. I so, know. Okay. You uh, know, you're right. You're right. Okay, but Diego Rivera and her were married twice. Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk and Tallulah Riley. Still married? Don't think so. Okay. Nope. No. Natalie Wood and Robert Wagner. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We watched a doc on that. Yeah, she died suspiciously. Yeah. Uh, out on a boat. With Christopher Walken. Was he there too? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. But yeah, people are like, well, I think even her kid in the documentary is like, she would have never gone on a boat. She was right. terrified of It'd be like water if and I did. swim. Yeah, but, but also, yeah, it actually wouldn't you make will. sense. You will. In Nashville, you'll go out on a boat. Okay. Yeah. But I'll wear a life vest. Well, don't do that. Yeah, I have what to. What if you see a cute boy? They'll have to, they have to <laughs> love me for who I am. They'll probably like you more. A non-swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who can't swim. A non-swimmer. <laughs> you know that horrible story about that girl from Glee who died... Swimming? They found her son on a boat. Like, they had gone out on a boat. Oh, yeah. And then she, like, disappeared. So upsetting. Oof. Oh. Anyway, um, sometimes these fact checks get really dark. Well, we're in a pattern of them getting dark. It's a lot lately. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. which, you know, I'm not going to shy away from where they go, they go. Yeah. 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 It's it's life. Um, How much... Is the uh, Gangnam Style guy, Psy, yeah. worth? 
According to the internet. I know, and I just got to say, I've looked myself up I on know. these things, and they're wildly it's inaccurate. It's all wrong. Yeah, but let's take it. But it says $60 million. Okay, that's a nice nest yeah. egg. Also, Taylor, how much is she worth? Again, we don't know. But the Eras tour is expected, it says, is expected to boost Swift's income by about $500 million. Mm. Swift's net worth was $570 million in 2022. So then it would be, She'd be a, a billionaire. billionaire. Although she's got to pay taxes on that. But we'll just call it a B for now. But I feel like $500 million Is not enough for her? Yeah. <laughs> for a year's work? Well, I, don't I just think don't of, think it's accurate. I feel like it's going to be, be more. High. Well, the tour is going to make a billion dollars. Exactly. Already it- But she's- It's an expensive right. tour. Yeah. And she's got to pay a lot of people. Yeah. So- And the venues take whatever they take. But yeah. she'll probably walk from a billion dollar tour with $500 million. Okay. And then walk after taxes. Luckily, she's in Tennessee where there's no state income tax. Smart. Well done. <laughs> well, I'm sure she's making more money, too. That's not just from touring. Correct. Exactly. And she's re-releasing all these albums and yeah. people are going to buy them. I bought them. Already bought them. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually today, so this was a little bit tricksy. She put out 1989, mm. as we talked about before. A couple of fact checks ago. And so I bought the record immediately, pre-ordered. It comes out in October. Yeah. Pre-ordered, vinyl. Then today, there's a special edition one that's oh. out for 48 hours. Okay, now it's getting a little. Like, do I get that one too? Well, now it's starting to feel a little like cash have... grabby. Like I, when, when people were triggered about our no. sweatshirts, you know? <laughs> this is a little, if you just announce pre-order for the normal one and then everyone ordered and then you go, oh, no, there's even more special. That's a little <laughs> tricky. Well. Tricksy. I can't decide if I want to come clean about something. Oh, it's always good when you do. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you don't read comments, so let me tell you, the response was resoundingly supportive of you. No one was mad. I know, which is really sweet, but I might ruin it right now. Okay, let's see. Let's test it. <laughs> You're like Roseanne Barr. Because do they really love me? <laughs> let's see. If, if, I'm, if I ruin the national anthem, will they still love me? If I'm racist, will they still love me? No. It's, I, the reason I feel like I have to come clean is it's going to come out. Like, it's going to come out, and so I might as well get ahead of it. Okay. Because one of the comments, I, I didn't read them, but somebody told me this, that one of the comments they were laughing was, I'm a Swifty. No one would ever be mad at Monica for this unless she got the sweatshirt. I, there was a sweatshirt, okay, oh. that I guess was limited. It was like you could only— oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I am. I'm holding. I'll be over here listening to Strut. It's while you not, so <laughs> it was that only, you could only get three. Each individual person could only get three of those. So they probably had a limited quantity of those. Okay. I did get that sweatshirt. Okay. But every single person of the 70,000 could get I, three? So 210,000 So they have a ton of yeah. them, really. I just don't know if anyone didn't end up getting one. Like, uh, I don't know. Okay. But I will say, the girls who got my merch, mm -hmm. um, they didn't get that. Because so you got three of them? No, I only got one. <laughs> I got one. I got one, but I do feel like I have to come clean because she made that specific caveat. Uh -huh. And I was like, fuck, I did do that. I got the t-shirt and the sweatshirt. I got two pieces okay. of merch. Okay. And the thing is, I have to come clean because I want to wear it. Yeah, and you're going to be- I'll be seen in it. Sure. See and be seen. So- But mm -hmm. everyone in line had the opportunity to buy that sweater too? 
Yeah, then, they could buy three. Then who cares? You're thinking that someone wanted four and couldn't because <laughs> no, you no, got one? No, no, they weren't allowed they'd to. Lo- I, hey, we'd love to sell you four. But you know Monica Padman? Have you ever heard <laughs> the podcast synced? Three. I mean, I, I just don't know if anyone at the end of the line didn't get, like, if they ran out. I don't know. I, I don't. I yeah, don't. It was night five of six. I think you're fine. Yeah. I don't know, but I just. So much pressure. I'm going to wear it and <laughs> yeah. I people are going to see it. And I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, fact. 44 songs in her tour. Mm. Uh, basketball missers. The greatest missers of all time. Uh-huh. I like, I really liked that. That was cool. That stuck with me as well. Kobe, number one. He's number one. Mm-hmm. LeBron is number two. Mm. Then we have John Havlicek. 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 He was for the Boston Celtics. Elvin Hayes and Carl Malone are the top five. Oh, wow. Jordan wasn't in the top Not five. Not in the top five that okay. I can see on this. On sentient animals? Yes. Or- <laughs> yeah, sportsbrief.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then. He's ninth. Ninth. Okay, so top ten. That's still. I would have thought. Um, yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would have been up there because he he's had, eight. He th- he's eight. Okay, because yeah. he had been forever the all-time scoring champ, career scoring champ. Uh, yeah, huh. tens of thousands of points. Friend of the pod, Carmelo Anthony. Oh seven. yes, Ooh, love him. Mellow, exploding shirt guy, right? Yep, exploding pants, pants and shirts. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the the quarterbacks with the most overall interceptions in NFL history. Similar thing. Yeah, that's um, the, I tried to. Pull that into the combo. Yeah, number five. Okay, tied for four. Peyton Manning. Sure, legend. Legend. And Dan Marino. Oh, big Dan Marino, main character in Ace Ventura. Three is Fran Tarkenton. Ah, Fran Tarkenton. Just hearing that name for the first time. (laughs) Me too, but (laughs) let's see. Hall of Fame quarterback, played 18 seasons for the Giants. Whoa. Actually, the name is sort of familiar. 1972. Yeah, it's old. Three years before I was. Two is George Blanda. Also Um, hearing that one. Yeah, I don't know that one. And one is Brett Favre. Ah, Brett Favre. F-A-V-R-E? Yeah, Yeah. but isn't it Favre? It is, but I don't know how. I I don't know know how they get that R on the other side of the V. Why they do that? that? (laughs) I hate this language. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I'm dyslexic. I think I'm just logical. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Other people just went and were like, yeah, I'm going to... I'm not going to fight against the breaking of this logic they introduced. <laughs> I, I'm with you. That one makes no sense. Favre. I looked into the Kendrick Lamar face covering. Oh, good. Did you find anything? Out? No, I didn't. Okay. I couldn't find out anything. So I think you're going to have to ask. Kendrick Lamar? Yeah. I would love to. Hey, oh, Ken- wonder what his nickname is. Kenny? Kenny? Kenneth? K. K. Lamar? Kayla. Maybe people call, just call him Lamar. Lamar. Kayla? Kaylar? Kayla's kind of cool. Kayla's cool. Yeah. She's kind of feminine. <laughs> yeah. Kinda sexy. Can't believe you didn't have anything to say about um, Buck Blando, that quarterback, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a bland. I thought for sure we were going to get a bland pun. <laughs> I could mm. feel it. Like, or, you know, I was bracing myself. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Missed <laughs> yeah. opportunity, Rob. Oh, that's good to keep me guessing as well, though. He's got some nicknames. You want to hear his 
Of course. Kendrick Lamar's got K Dot. Oh, K Dot. Oh. King Kendrick. Ooh, yeah. King Kendrick. Well, because King Kunta is one of his great songs. Mm-hmm. Cornrow Kenny. Oh, Cornrow oh. Kenny. And Kung Fu Kenny. And Kung Fu Kenny. A little appropriation, but I don't mind when black people appropriate. I wonder who gave him that nickname. Bruce Lee. Yeah. So then it's fine. <laughs> I might start going by Captain Kung Fu. No. We'll have to ask. We have Bruce to get Lee. him on. We have a lot to ask him. We do. We Lots have to ask him if I can go by Kung Fu Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> and about the face covering. Yes. <laughs> that is it for oh, our factuals. Okay. Those were fun factuals. Really. Yeah. Learning who had been married several times, that's a fun one. Yeah. Also, poking our nose into people's finances, that's always fun. Oh, I know. Like, Speaking oh. of people of means. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I didn't start the fact check with this. Big, big, big congratulations to my hero, your ex-lover, Ashley Olsen. Oh, because she is now a mother. She is. Congratulations. She's going to have videos like that on her phone. How fun for her. Think how cute her baby was. Oh, be. my God. Round features. Auto. And you were excited because it's a palindrome. Yeah. Yeah. Man, ding, ding, ding yeah. on these palindromes. Of course she, of course she had a palindrome like, kid. There is. I do have this curiosity. Like, do you love them enough, uh-huh. Ashley or Taylor? Uh-huh. That you think you could be in a relationship with them? No. Okay, I'm just curious. Wait, what kind? Romantic? No. Yeah, like become life partners. No, because I'm not sexually attracted to women. I know, but I, I'm still wondering. <laughs> That's weird to wonder if <laughs> it's you know. not. People rightly would ask me, would I want a romantic relationship with Brad Pitt? That would be. A, that's a totally fair question to me because I'm so obsessed with them and all, very visually. Right. So I've so when people have asked me that, I'm not offended by that. I think like, yeah, that's a legit question. And no, but more stuff than I'd want to do with Aaron. Really? Sure. Like I think I could kiss Brad Pitt on the lips. And like like it? Mm. I'm open to find out. Oh, wow. Yeah. But not Aaron? That's kind of... Well, no, Aaron's my like best. He's like my brother. Right. Even more reason. Like, you guys are intimate. You put your head on his oh, tummy and stuff. Oh, we snuggle and stuff. And stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what's interesting is I, I can imagine. I kiss Brad, and it's nice. It's not bad. But I don't want anything to do with each other's penises. But do you think that's because of your trauma? Well, I would just argue it's because been... I'm heterosexual, but... Yeah, but but interesting. Well, that you know my take on gayness, which is <laughs> I have to point out historically, what's very curious is that all Greeks were bisexual. So I know culturally, if your culture says you're bisexual, we have at least an enormous data set that says, yes, an entire culture. that Nothing genetically happened. You mean like the ancient Greeks? Yeah, the ancient oh. Greeks were all bi. The guys were fucking each other in these right. warrior Are camps. Are you sure they weren't just gay, though? Well, no, they had wives and had children. Well, right, because that's what, like, to... But that's why it's even pointless species. to say were they gay or straight or right. bi. It's like they fucked dudes and women. Yeah, and yeah. culturally that was fine. Yeah. And when that's fine, lo and behold, everyone did that. Yeah. So there is an insane example of culture. Yeah. When you ask, could I have been bi? I would say sure. If right. I was born in um, 300 BC in or if Athens, you were born I would have been. in 20... 20- 
38. Like that is where this younger generation is kind of circled back to that. We think that, but I also wonder if that's true. I think that's a lot of people are just more people feel comfortable not hiding that they're gay or bi. So it would appear that a bunch of more people are, but I just think it's also quite possible that 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 number hasn't changed as people are are comfortable at acknowledging that. But also there is a wave amongst young, young people to just not have labels. Like, what's the point of that? What's the point of saying straight or gay yeah. or this? Like, we'll just like, like who we like, which sounds more I, like the ancient Greeks. No. But um, no, no, I'm not physically attracted to Ashley or Taylor. I um, I would want to be their friend. Yeah. And I would want to be in their presence because I think they're exceptional. Uh-huh. Well, it's also not- But I'm not attracted to them- it's not popular to admit or to say, but what is also in reality is we've had two or three guests whose mothers weren't gay and fell in love with a woman. Right. And we know some people in our real life that weren't gay and fell in love with a woman. I don't yeah. know any guys that were not gay and then fell in love with a man. I just haven't ever mm. seen it. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I, I, have an, I have quite a few examples of women doing that. I just am not aware of any men. Right. So for me, yeah, it's a little more plausible that it could happen to you because I happen to know a bunch of cases where that happened. I mean, yeah, I guess who knows? Yes, I guess that like if you had this yeah, deep affinity and love for them that somehow you might be like, okay, maybe, I, I don't know. Well, I'd, I would have to fall in love with them. Yes. And that would require knowing them yeah. and not just from afar. Right. Uh, so maybe. Okay. TBD. TBD. I'm going <laughs> to say probably. If you're betting, if you're betting, you're going to say probably not. Probably, probably not. not. Probably not. I've had very extremely close relationships with women and I've, I've never been physically attracted to them or like wanted to kiss them or anything. Right. But were any of those friends had you like had this level of well, Kristen? Okay, and you never, I never wanted thought about to leaning in for a kiss with her. No, mm. not unfortunately not. That'd be something if I had to come downstairs and say you guys necking on the couch. Yeah, what would you <laughs> have felt betrayed? No, you know, not that way. That's mm-hmm. not really my my thing. Mm-hmm. I guess I would think hmm, this is going to get complicated. They work together. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, who, who, knows? who knows? No labels, you know? Yeah, no labels. <laughs> All right. I love right, you. Love you. Very fun fact check. <laughs> 